My brain's splitting off in so many different directions. My brain's splitting off in so many different directions. My brain's splitting off in so many different directions that no one has the answers to. My dad was a shrink. Certain things upset me. My dad was a shrink. Things upset me. My dad was a shrink. Things upset me. What's the furthest star, and then what's beyond the furthest star? What's the furthest star, and then what's beyond the furthest star? What's the furthest star, and then what's beyond the furthest star? Questions that no one has the answers to. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I talk about comic books. And we're talking about mm-hmm. X-Force slash Ecstatics. Uh, and we're in the thick of it. X-Force 118, the third issue after Marvel just completely rebooted x-force out of nowhere there's no there's no cable here there's no domino around like this is these are all new people and they suck and it's good (laughs) yep they're dysfunctional and the cover has uh like a bunch of people branded as x-men uh wrestling with like what looks like fidel castro a hundred percent fidel castro (laughs) like pulling a little kid apart like king solomoning him very funny to uh, me. extremely funny yeah, really great cover um i've looked up a bunch of original art from this run because mm-hmm. i've you know it's again it's one of my favorite runs uh art division it's all very expensive but there's some pretty good stuff i imagine so. out there because yeah. it, it's not so popular that like you know you can't get any of it yeah so if you know someday i'll, I'll feel like spending you know three or four hundred bucks and get a page from this uh, that features some characters i like um, most of the covers I think are already sold, including this one, which yeah. would be pretty good. All that stuff goes so um, fast, even on like it, underground stuff, like it goes super fast. So yeah, yeah. Um, we left um, off in one one seven with the sound of a gunshot in Mister Sensitive's house, uh, and we know that Mister Sensitive plays Russian roulette every night to go to sleep um, with his head, not with his dick, as we established in the last mm-hmm. episode. Uh, but as we open up here after the cover, it's, we, it's revealed that Edie is inside for some reason. And she basically is, she's accusing, um, guy of saying, of trying to shoot her. And he's just making up excuses of why he has a gun. And she keeps calling him lame because he's a superhero with a gun, which I find very hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, it's, it's, it's real good. He's, he's a really bad liar. I hear we didn't mention that, uh, the orphan's name is Guy Smith. I don't think last time oh. he's like, you know, Oh, you know, he's like, uh, I was polishing it. It's a ritual. I always polish a loaded gun at night. Yeah. It's uh, just, it's just what <laughs> I do. What I do. And you know, she's like, that's bullshit. And he goes, the truth is I've got a stalker. Somebody th- threatened to kill me if I joined his favorite team. And she's, you know, just like, you don't need a gun. Like, you know, you're fucking a superhero. This is dumb as hell. Uh, he changes the subject. Uh, basically she teleported in to try to get him to quote unquote, change his mind about being the leader. Um, and she even offers to like disappear him. Like, you know, she's like, you know, you can leave this all behind. I can send you, I can teleport you anywhere. You can start a new life. I can give you money. You know, you can not be an X force. And another detail you know? that, um, has been there since the beginning. Um, since we saw his like guys kind of comment on her being tired after she teleports is like, she's, she's walking around with fucking Samsonite under her eyes, right? Like she's, she, yeah, she yeah. looks exhausted all of the time. And even like, no matter where she is, she's, she's looking pretty exhausted. And, she finally gets kind of so fed up with this conversation um, that she teleports them like in the middle of the air, 
Um, mm-hmm. which is her classic move to like kill somebody, right? Like this is the, I yeah. guess if you're a teleporter, this is the thing that they teach you <laughs> to do. <laughs> exactly. That's what you learn in Nightcrawler school. Uh, you know, uh, the name of this, and then we get that name. This is called, and then there were six, um, you know, and they're having this discussion as they're falling, you know, uh, orphans like, Hey, I, I'm not a superhero that has the power to fly. You know, I'm not one of those heroes. And she basically lays it out. Like we're X-Force. We're way beyond heroes and villains. Like, we're out there on our own. We're making it up as we go along. Good, bad. Those things don't exist. Like, we exist only to exist. It's incredibly scary. You know? Uh, you're basically uh, trying to scare him into quitting mm-hmm. the team. Like, you have to say goodbye to everything. Are you ready to say goodbye to everything? You know, all those other people in the team, they're naive. They joined here without saying goodbye. They're Or they're doing their goodbyes now. Do you know how final that's going to be? Uh, and she starts passing out. Um, you know, what she does after she teleports too much. And as they're falling, she falls asleep. We cut over to the rest of the team saying their goodbyes. Yeah. So we see yeah. um, Vivisect uh, basically saying mm-hmm. bye to his mom. The dad didn't even bother to show up. He was finishing a paper. Uh, you can tell he has some daddy issues. Um, mm-hmm. We see Fat with a PH saying goodbye to his parents mm-hmm. who aren't nearly the rednecks that they were portrayed to be. And he kind of apologizes for that. He's like, yeah, the press thought that they would, you know, Marketing thought that I needed a dysfunctional background. Like, sorry about all of that. Um, St. Anna is just praying in New York while um, mm-hmm. that rainbow bloke. bloke is saying goodbye to his boyfriend in San Francisco. Yep. And basically just, you know, his boyfriend says, I hope you're doing this for the right reasons. And he's like, fame, money, a place in history, an opportunity to put a 400 pound pink guy on the cultural map. Yeah. You know, like just a little um, bit of representation. Right. Um, very yep. cool. Yeah. Um, at the very last moment, uh, Eddie comes to and teleports them to her bed. Yes. Um, and she's kind of passing out, like half asleep. And she uh, she talks about it. She says, I said, I said goodbye to so much. You wouldn't even believe what I left behind. A little foreshadowing here as she passes out. Yeah. Um, and he says kind of out loud, like, if it hadn't been for you, I would have shot myself. Like, I would have, I was playing Russian roulette, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell anybody that. I'm just gonna keep that one to myself. As, ah. And she's knocked out, like, she falls asleep on his lap. So, yeah, it's a really scary idea the idea of like playing Russian roulette and the bullet coming up and then somebody popping in and you shooting at them instead yeah. and it actually shooting. Like, that would have been it, you know? Uh, we cut over to the next day where the team is all doing their briefing in the theater uh, and the coach is introducing their contact um, in Bastrona. Yes. You know, basically uh, saying they're doing all kinds of horrible things to Paco Perez. He's your number one uh, target. Our contact, his safety is not a priority. He's a scumbag. Yeah. Um, and of course, like the audience has questions of like, well, if he's a scumbag, like why are we even doing any business with them? And it's like, well, yeah, I mean like, of course that like, this is going to be super dangerous. You're the X force. Like what, <laughs> why are you even bothering asking that uh, thing? Um, yeah. uh, meanwhile, like yeah. Edie is kind of looking at guy, okay. Mr. Sensitive, okay. The orphan, like kind of with a little bit of adoration in her eyes. Like after that, like experience together, it's kind of like, she's crushing on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get a little bit of a flirty relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, they cut over to Bastrona, where they're having some kind of carnivale mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, Edie teleported them all around. She's like, somebody's moving around. I told you not to do that. Uh, and it's fat. Uh, he's expanding in that. And they, everyone is real sick yeah. uh, after this. Like, everybody is really nauseous. Like, teleporting that many people is hard on them and on her. You know, as she reveals she's on her period, it's that time of the month, takes extra effort. Um, I could just take another ampule, but I don't want to get cranky. 
and this, this is when Saint Anna is like, "Hey, like if I put my hands on you, I could I could heal you." And she's like, "Yeah, sure." Like uh, Saint Anna is going to be like the healer of the group for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the rest of the team is like looking at the carnival happening, and Fat's like, mm, "Them chickens can really shake it because they're he's really putting on this front of like the street guy." And of course, Bloke is like, "Yeah," not to mention the roosters too, which is going to be kind of a just a little bit more foreshadowing as well. So yeah. Um, yep, and uh, he gives them a nasty look. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah. he doesn't like gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the orphan, uh, you know, flashes, you know, jumps in to kind of check things out off on his own. Um, you know, he tells Dupe like, get some shots of the parade. It'll give us something to cut to. Uh, you know, every recruit has had taken courses on media and the X generation. Um, so they're all film students. How great is this, Gary? Uh, basically. Like- yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're kind of doing the, a, sta- a, take that. a standard read, yeah. but like how just like all of this, like the small things that are coming together, the weird interpersonal dynamics of the of the cast, like all of this stuff is just really working for me, man. Like I am a hundred percent bought into it right now. I, I love that idea. I love the idea of you having you take a media class uh, on, you know, because this is this is something like you know I talk about how much I love that new X Men run. It opened the door for like tons of shit mm-hmm. culturally. You know, that should have always happened in the Marvel Universe. Like, mutants are a legitimate minority, like, in that universe uh, up until House of M. Like, they were, like, representational. And the idea that they would not have uh, culture or they would not have, uh, you know, anything like that would just be ludicrous. Or like, fashion and, what's really, and music and just anything. Yeah, fashion, like, just art. culture. Yeah, like, anything. And that's one of the things I love. I've been reading um, the Dawn of X stuff. Uh, kind of off and on. I read Hawksbox. I've been reading that stuff. And as much as I, they're like, I kind of want that to get to its hook soon. Um, and I don't like all of the books. I do think that that basically, you know, Krakoa is for all mutants. Um, this is, you know, we're not bound by your laws. We're not bound by your culture as a thing feels like it builds off of the Grant Morrison run yeah. in a way that I really appreciate. Um, and it's a weird thing that the Marvel just forgets for, half a decade at a time on the regular <laughs> you know like this this idea of like of course there would be college courses about you know mutant film yeah and stuff like there there's you know there's uh you know there are prestige movies about any kind of underclass of people you know like there would be like i'm trying to think of a non-offensive example because i'm not trying to compare magical superheroes plights to real oppressed people but there would be like girl interrupted you know for mutants or, or there would be like like or 12 years a slave or something the the medium you know, articles about, about like how flyers always have to take, take carry around non-flyers right like yeah, you know yeah what I'm saying? exactly <laughs> like but, it just there, there, absolutely there would be all this stuff and it's silly to like limit yourself to just doing these four color like superhero stories you know, they don't do that. And I think that's one of the things I really love about this run is that it has the aesthetics of like a 60s Bang Pow, Gee Whiz, you know, kind of Venture Brothers-esque, like, you know, pop experience. But it's actually about this deconstruction, yeah. you know, uh, that asks these questions of how this would follow in, in a closer to a real world uh, situation. So good. Um, it's real good. Um Mr. Sensitive pops in and it's really good that he went off on his own because he's walking into an ambush. Yes. Um, the, their Diego contacts has, set him up. Set them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and he can, Mr. Sensitive can feel it. Like the air changes. Uh, there's a different kind of sweat. People stop dancing. 
Uh, and this parade, like one of these floats with a gigantic evil cat on the front, is actually full of uh, you know people with masks and guns. The worst uh, aiming them at the house. Yeah, absolutely worst Mardi Gras and worst Antifa uh, here. Incredibly fa. Incredibly fast, as they say. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Luckily, Mister Sensitive has 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 moves, uh, so he can he can get out of the way of all of these mer- bullets, um, and he is able to get out of it. But since they disobeyed his orders, since Edie disobeyed his orders, the rest of the team shows right back up behind him. So uh, Anarchus is there to basically dissolve all of the the gun guys, all of the gunners, and uh, soon enough, the rest of the team shows up, and it's. They just wipe the floor with these like normal human fascists, right? Like it doesn't take much effort. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, Orphan is upset about this. I told you, you know, to wait for me. Don't make executive decisions. And he's got this internal monologue going on, like saying, like she probably saved my life. Like I am, you know, I'm putting up this this facade because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. You know. Uh, as the leader this is the kind of thing i need to do uh and she does the uh, i don't know what it's called where you put the palm on your reverse elbow mm-hmm. and do that like new york fuck off yeah motion the cabbies do uh and they're looking for their informant like where's diego yeah uh, they run out into the parade to grab him and like during this more helicopters show up uh and mm-hmm. anarchist is just about to like kill them and like you know Mr. Sensitive has to stop him and be like, hey, like you can't just drop a bunch of heli- on-fire helicopters on top of like some, some normal, innocent people. Uh, and meanwhile, they, they finally find Diego, a uh, bloke does, and as right as the helicopters start to open, open and fire, and just shred bloke. Like, his mm-hmm. back is totally yeah. fucked up. And it basically, you know, Orphan killed him, you know, like by by stopping Tyke from hitting the helicopters. Like he saved a bunch of innocent people, but he sacrificed somebody on his team, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who's dying. Like St. Anna can't fix him up. You know, Billy Bob says like, Hey brother, we're going to get you fixed up. And he's like, you can't do that anyway. It's just one less of my kind to worry about. Right. Which is a fucking cold ass last Damn. words to say to somebody. Like if that doesn't convert people from being a bigot, I don't, we just, we just need every bigot in America, uh, to, to be told that by somebody <laughs> and like you know it's just absolutely you know horrible we're watching um some in the, in the quest for content in 2020 we're watching some uh barbecue cook-off reality show on um, okay um netflix american barbecue mm-hmm. whatever 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 and uh one of the guys on there like in the first episode he's like i'm just and he's like this kind of heavy set dude from the south and he's like you know i'm just doing this for my man for my buddy you know, he passed away and I just feel like I got to get this meat done right for him, you know, just for him. And I'm like, <laughs> and then in the second episode, he's like, I've never made seafood before. And I was like, and I looked over at Autumn, I'm like, well, just pretend you're feeding it to your buddy. <laughs> like, what kind of shirt did he like? Because he talked about it constantly. And I just like, yeah, absolutely. If, like everybody had uh, like a friend that died from cancer, then we, we probably would be a lot more open to cancer or, or bigotry it's or a, whatever. Yeah. And obviously like, it's, nobody it's very, should have to do that, but yeah. No, I don't know. I just, it, being goofs uh it's like in chopped whenever anyone's like you know chef tell us a little bit more about why you're doing this and it's like well oh, my father God. taught me to cook and that's before he went blind and ever since then you know <laughs> just uh it's fucking dumb i was I just, just noticing uh one day i just ahead. want one of the top chef hosts to be like i don't care 
The scallops are bad. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I don't care if this is the way your dad, your blind daddy liked them. Your blind daddy had a bad yeah. tongue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about Bloke uh, here as he's dying. I'm noticing that he has uh, three fingers mm-hmm. on his hands. Do you think if you're a mutant and you uh, your power manifests and it's one of your powers is like having fewer fingers, do you think your fingers merge together or do you think they fall off? So the idea here is like you're a normal looking dude up until like you hit puberty yeah. and then you convert and like, are yeah. you, so the question is like, do you have detritus after you convert or does it all just merge together? I like, I would hope yeah, for like, the merge together. Like I wouldn't want to clean up my fingers. And so like, it'd be man real weird if you'd like lost your baby fingers, right? Like you lost them, like your baby yeah. teeth. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mommy, the he's under fing- my pillow. I want the finger, finger fairy, fairy <laughs> from a 24 films. Like fucking Bloomhouse presents the finger fairy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just, it would be very scary to have your finger fall off. I would imagine you just like eat like a horse too, right? Like your fingers fall off and then all of a sudden your one finger gets really big. Like that takes a lot of energy. Like you'd be just like going around the house as this like pink dude just eating shit up. Yeah. Just like, like huge pasta dinners. Like everything is, it'd be like the guy in seven, like just pasta and red sauce. (laughs) Your mean ass stepdad is like, I was saving that pasta for spaghetti this weekend. You little dickhead. Do you ever think about how in Seven, how nice it was of the killer to give him red sauce with his pasta? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) That was a real courtesy. I never really thought about that. Like, I mean, it could have just been like, I mean, or it could have just been like, what if he did it with lettuce? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I don't think lettuce would have made him fat enough. I think he he needed him to like. Well, I mean, it would have eventually choked him. Like, obviously, I don't don't necessarily think that he was... (laughs) point was to digest the lettuce or the pasta or the sauce well the, the point is his stomach ruptures like he they, he has to eat until his stomach explodes i think he could do that with that's what i'm saying if it was with lettuce it would be even worse because it would be way <laughs> yeah. more lettuce required to rough, do that man. yeah yeah or like saltines oh my god yeah like so so it, what we're saying is basically the john doe killer uh you know you gotta hand it to him what was the worst death in, um, in like in, in seven i'm trying to seven? remember what the other ones were so oh, there the, was the dildo the dildo was like the yeah. the knife dildo the, knife the guy dildo. who had to cut off uh his side yeah that was bad i think about that a lot that's really scary you know man the style movies should be um, better than they are <laughs> like you would think that that's, that's such a good concept like ironic weird yeah. killings and like it just never works out like they just don't know what to do with it yeah they're garbage uh so eddie is giving uh orphan shit about this yes and uh you know hey like keep this up there's not gonna be a team and the orphan is crying yeah uh you know he's taking this really hard uh and they're they're you know uh you go girls making fun of him and anarchist is like man stop it you know uh and there's this great little panel where she's like i can't remember the last time i cried uh, meanwhile, Fat uh, realizes that he lost what he didn't realize was a friend and immediately tries to choke uh, Diego to death. Diego is being their contact and like obviously losing control of his powers while he's doing it because his whole head is getting all blobby and his hand is like he's reaching out with a hand, but it's not like a true like it's a chronograph yeah. hand, right? So it's, he's, he's, it's becoming he's this elder. Of- yeah, it's fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Orvin, you know, tries to stop him uh, from this. He's like, you know, we've got our mission. Everyone is kind of trying to debate whether they should kill this guy. You know, um, St. Anna says that, you know, we should kill him as well. Uh, you know, and anarchist is like, maybe we should, like, we're not supposed to do what people expect of us. Maybe we should kill him and then go home and sell our, our stories. Yeah. I'd love, um, as everybody's yeah. talking about whether or not they should kill him, dupe is in the corner. We're giving the thumb down. 
Like just yeah. looking all mad. <laughs> like a Roman emperor. Um, I also, I love, uh, I love the Diego's response. He's like, why should you kill me? She's like, you try to sell us out. It's like, yeah, I didn't know you then. I'm just like you. Uh, she, he's like, you know, I don't see any play tax. And he goes, no, I'm like you Americans. I'm a capitalist selling my service to the highest build bidder. Like, I just want to go to America and, and, you know, be a capitalist. And this is, you know, showing me the kind of shit you do for capitalism. Yep. Uh, and, uh, orphan comes with a compromise, basically like, you know, tell us about the boy, then we'll decide whether to kill you. Yes. Um, yeah. he, we, we need to find this kid first because that's what he's focused on. And Edie is like, you know, even second guessing that, like, you know, that sounds like a cop, the compromise. Like we're, we're a superhero team not the house of representatives. Like, what are you even doing? Um, mm-hmm. and like they, they realize they have to leave, but they can't take bloke with them. So guy gives the order to vaporize them. Um, yeah. and it, it our anarchist resists this and he's like you do it yourself and guy rushes over and like grabs him it's like you do it or i'm gonna break your fucking neck uh which yeah, it yeah. intimidates anarchists into actually doing it yeah uh you know and you get this internal monologue like please back down don't fight me like you don't want to fight yeah. uh you know at this point it's also showing that mr sensitive in addition to just having sensitivity powers is also very fast incredibly acrobatic knows all these pressure points and stuff uh, it's kind of this thing. Um, and then they break into this like surgical compound where they're operating on the boy. Uh, he says, I'm going to go get Paco. Eddie B, you know, uh, Edie, get ready to get us out of here. She pops one of our ampules yeah. and uh, they get in this fight and we're getting these super heroics with this banter. Uh, you know, Anarchist says like, hey, next time you try that, make sure you actually do break my neck. I'm going to fucking kill you. You know, uh, they're kind of going back and forth doing these these little Spider-Man quips. Yes. Like they do when the cameras are on. And when, like, in the narration, like, the internal dialogue from the orphan here is just, like, you know, like, if we only never stopped fighting, this would be a breeze. Like, this is all so simple. Like, the Bart commands, the the humorous asides. Like, he's he's very much looking for, at this from the outside of his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they find the boy. Um, you know, uh, fat saves him by uh, plumping up and uh, stopping the ceiling from crashing, crashing on him. Um, and, uh, orphan goes to go rescue the boy. Uh, but the surgeon says, you know, if you pull the wrong cord out of his head, he'll die, uh, here. Um, but, but the surgeon gets shot before he can tell him which cord to pull out. Oh man, I've played this. I've played never keep talking or, or nobody explodes. And it, it's just <laughs> like this. <laughs> keep talking. And Paco Perez does not explode, does not die. Um, you know, so he's, uh, the orphan is sitting here in the spot while, you know, the team is fighting off just like endless waves of these soldiers. Uh, and he has to decide how to save this boy's life. Yes. Uh, and that's where the, uh, the issue ends. Yeah. What are they going to do? That's it. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Uh, shit's going to get real. Yes. Um, uh, here in this next issue. Still enjoying this a whole lot. Like I mentioned kind of midway through the, to the episode, uh, like this is just, the the weirdness of the characters also having like this they're they're so weird like they're kind of have weird powers and but they're all very very much grounded and like feel like real people mm-hmm. and it, just the kind of absurdity but also like the stark realism and and insidiousness of capitalism and celebrity and all of this stuff built into it just makes it just a really fun read like like this is perfect 2020 reading right now <laughs> yeah i like it's, it a lot it's, it's a it's breezy one of the things we you know you talked about the art like i love how mike allred uh does action um one of the ways that he does it that i think makes his scenes look really dynamic is a lot of times there are characters uh floating in space mm-hmm. you know like he draws mid-air characters a lot 
Uh, I think that's looks really good. I also, there's something coming up where later we get a peek um, at the farm leagues uh, where they like people who want to join X force, like do their training and tryouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of weird mutants I love it. Uh, in that. And it's real fun. So that's super cool. Uh, I'm excited. I am too. Uh, yeah. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can uh, leave ratings and reviews. You can do all of that cool stuff. We very much appreciate it. Um, all of it's super helpful. One of the biggest things you can do is just tell other people about the show. If you like it, tell your friends. Uh, that's just you know, the easiest way for a podcast to, to get out there in front of other people. So if you've done that, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We'll be back in a couple of days with X-Force 111.